The world of football with a soccer perspective. This is Soccer Today with Dwayne Rollins and Kevin Laramie, live on the Sports Podcasting Network. And good day, good night, and welcome to Soccer Today. Dwayne, this is my favorite show of the year. Favorite show of the year. It's FIFA Day. Well, Friday. It was Friday, and uh, I figured I didn't have time, and I didn't have... Well, it lasted about 20 minutes after I was done the show Friday, and then I had the game. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful nowadays? You can just, you know, click a finger, basically, and it's there. Yeah, exactly. Like, up at the store. Yeah, and the big reason why I always download FIFA is because it's the one game I always play, so I don't need to change a damn disc every single time. But uh, just off the top, Dwayne, uh, big news in... The corporate world of MLS in Canada, after years of of announcement, of talking about it, well, we finally will have an MLS Canada office, and we have a director of MLS Canada. Exactly. Uh, what's the gentleman's name again? You have the press release in front of you there. Yeah, Diego Moratario, and I can uh, read the press release for a second here. It'll uh, give uh, the listeners more information. Major League Soccer announced today, that's today, that Diego A. Moratorio has been named General Manager of MLS Canada, a new position at the league in its commercial arm, Soccer United Marketing. Moratorio, who begins work today, will be based in Toronto and will report to some president, Caddy Carther. In this role, Moratorio will guide the explosive growth of the sport in MLS in Canada. Amongst his main responsibilities will be growing MLS fan base and increasing sponsorship both at the league and club level. They hired a marketer, which tells me all I need to know about what their intention or what their purpose is with this. If they were really interested in growing the game in Canada, they would have hired someone that had a technical background as well um, as a marketing background. I'm not going to begrudge them the opportunity to compete for for more financial windfall, for sure. That Every business has that right. But but this, to me, is, is just a, a pure business decision to try and cut off any potential loss that they might have from the Canadian Premier League. So... You know, battle lines are being drawn already in this. This, even though the the big bad bully is not going to, is not willing to, uh, to 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 give up anything to them, and that's all the more reason in my mind that the Canadian Premier League would be probably in its best interest. And it's a difficult sort of thing to to balance, but I think it's going to be in their best interest to really go hard after the markets that will never see Major League Soccer and try and establish a base head there, and and then you know almost reverse from what you do in most leagues use that base in the hinterland to come into the urban centers, right? I, I think that's yeah. the way that they need to do it. Yeah, no, exactly. And the experience of uh, Diego Moratorio, he used to be the director of marketing of the Coca-Cola company. So he does have experience in Canada, United States, and went to Universidad Simón Bolívar. So that's a little bit of information about Diego Moratorio. We'll, we'll see down the road what it does bring for Canada and how long it does take to have Canadian blue chip company to now sponsor MLS. How long before we have Canadian tires sponsoring the front of a shirt in, in Major League Soccer? There, there, there you go. That'd be fun. Um yeah, a guy that uh, is a marketer from Coca-Cola is probably not all that interested in expanding the domestic uh, league-wide policy. That That's my, my thing here. So away we go. Um, at least it's a step, I guess, that finally, after 11 years, you know, they waited to, to, to announce this, uh, you know, two days after a Canadian team won the Sports Shield for the first time. Uh, so, uh, hey, there Yeah, we go. Dwayne, we uh, didn't mention it, but Toronto officially has clinched the Shield with their victory and it was a little tougher than expected we'll talk about this later on but canadian shield canadian champions champion of the league from canada from toronto exactly 
and uh, it was a it was a great performance overall in the season. Um, some worrying thoughts, but we'll talk about that in the Canadian review. But uh, I know you're chomping at the bit, so yeah. so let's get into FIFA now, Kevin. Uh, <laughs> you called it to me off air the best FIFA game ever. Why? Oh, it, it, it's a it's a long story. We'll start a little bit of a of behind the scenes with FIFA here. FIFA has been running a new engine for the video game the engine what drives uh, the, the computing power of the game versus the console so the new engine called frostbite is the second iteration of fifa with frostbite so you know in life first thing of something you you, you you get the intention you get the possibilities and the potential of a game but it's never realized second iteration of something it always makes a big strive forward and this game Dwayne all level from uh, like technical level like the graphics and the the fluidity of the game and how it looks and the strands of hair moving independently in the grass and a little deal like this goes a long way but uh, this game is made to feel like real life soccer the fans the play has been corrected so that the pass is like like reality you have a vision 360 now you don't just press the bus button and goes to the open guy next to you know you have to make that directional pass you have to think what you're doing to maybe think two three moves ahead you you have to think not fifa football and not like the way you play a video game and you assess the uh, i would say the flaws of a game on the computer and you adjust your game according to it and you score like weird goals but it works every time no this game you need your soccer knowledge to be performing at and it's the best damn thing I've ever seen, too. Like, the lighting, Dwayne, is something so impressive. It actually feels like a when you're playing night game, you, you just don't feel like the floodlight. You have dark spots. You have different lighting schemes. You have a, a different feel. You have a, it, It's insane, the amount of details graphically that just draws you in the game. And for people like you and I, Dwayne, that watch a horrendous amount of soccer, I would probably say, you do not get lost. You just feel like you're at a stadium. I was playing a game at the Bernabeu, and I was hearing the same chants at the same volume level, and I almost had the vibration of the supporters while you're playing. It, it is quite impressive. That's that is you know those little details are what go a long way. Um, we're almost getting to the point where it might be enjoyable to just have a game simmed out in front of you uh, in some weird ways with FIFA, from what I've heard. Well, more than that, the, the amount of people on YouTube watching games on Twitch and YouTube that are two good streaming platform for, for video gaming online that you just want to play and have people watch you. I can understand now watching it because it's, it's that beautiful. It's You do not get lost. You do not feel like you're watching a video game. You feel like you're watching a soccer game just performed through a video game console. I did watch the... Um the championship the the world uh, what do they call it the whatever the fifa the, interactive the, world cup that was about three four weeks ago the final on tv on tsn yeah i did watch it the uh the british the young british guy won but uh yeah even that and that was with last year's game it it was when you're watching it the way that the game plays out it, it looks like you're watching a soccer game not a video game you're absolutely right i mean i i think back you know, I have the great NHL 94 sitting on my shelf, uh, you know, a few feet away from me now. And that's a fun as hell game to play, but that doesn't look anything like a hockey game. It looks like no. a video game. 
and this, you know what? You remember the, what I was just saying, and I think it's the best example for not necessarily gamers that are listening to our review. If you haven't changed the channel, and you're you're looking at 1894, right? You used to go to the right side of the ice, you cut back to the left in front of the goalkeeper, top shelf, and you would never stop it. Those type of little details never happen. It's not just about the AI. Yeah, the, yeah there's, sorry, Trent, go ahead. We used to call it the J goal. Yeah, yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, you, you make a J on the ice and you score. Uh, but example on this FIFA game, animations. Okay, so example, um, we all have seen images of players with motion capture suits on them with those little ping pong balls stuck all over the body, and they're just playing soccer and they're getting gathering data of the movement to replicate in the game. And so that's called like a small animation. Those animations before this year used to be locked, saying that once you start a move, your player is going to finish it without necessarily taking into effect whatever happens around his environment. Example, if you're you're doing a, a pass, but you're, the ball is going too fast, you're just going to finish your pass and you're not going to react like a real player would, which is mid-stride, realize that you guys not open anymore and change your idea. In this game, the animations are not locked. They have been unlocked. So mid-move, you see transition to different ideas. If you decide to do something else, it is possible and more fluid. It's crazy how it makes an entire difference. Now, the one question I have about this, from a person who isn't very good at the game, because I haven't played it in years routinely, um, how accessible would this game be to a casual player, though? That, that's my concern when I hear more, about these details. I, sound wonderful, but... I, I, I think it's more accessible because it's closer to soccer than a video game about soccer. So for me, for me, what that means is your knowledge of soccer, if you just know how to pass and how to shoot and what to do on the soccer pitch is correlating in that game. So you don't need to be good at FIFA. So for FIFA players, this game is a bit harder because the learning curve from last year is different. So if you are a hardcore FIFA player, you will have to get used to it. If you are a brand new player and you pick up this and you have a soccer knowledge, you will find your marks. You will find your your favorite ideas to do on a pitch. You can do them on this game and I think it makes it accessible more for players that are not hardcore and for the hardcore that have been playing FIFA for decades it's something that they're discovering it's brand new and the critics across the board are 9 out of 10 4.5 out of 5 Metacritic uh, gamer on in the online uh, amazing amount of trusted reviews even gave a 9 out of 10 and for trusted reviews you never see that and this game I think is changing is going to change how we play soccer online that's that's interesting. I, there was a big article on Friday when it was released in uh, I forget what the publication was. It was, it was a fairly large publication that was talking about how FIFA has basically made this this genre its own. Uh, you know, a few years ago there used to be a hipster choice out there, Pro Evolution Soccer, that still, still there, does but publish. It's this year especially. I think FIFA like because the gameplay was different in PES. It was closer to what I was talking about with the non-locked animation. PES have had that for years. But the rest was way below par. Now FIFA, I think, has crossed a bridge where even the PES players are like, okay, yeah, you 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 won that war. Yeah, well, the stats in that—I mean, they'd won for a while. They showed stats in that that uh, last year in the opening weekend, FIFA moved 1.1 million units, and in the opening weekend of uh, Pro Evolution, they moved 50,000 units. So that does tell you a little bit of a difference there. But uh, the hardcore holdout hipster might might make the full switch to the. Uh, the corporate one this year by the sounds of it. Uh, the uh, MLS, you said. Yep, so, uh, that's um, exactly what the MLS. Well, you know what? That's how they say it in the game, so it's fine. Well, that's how half the players in the world say it, so why not? Um, 
talk, talk about that. Talk about what Major League Soccer looks like on this game and sort of the what why you feel that they're putting it front and center. Oh, it's it's quite a revolution. I think uh, since Friday, a million plus players have played with the LA Galaxy. Doing a million plus players have played with Alex Hunter. He's back, and this time around, he's having a lot of drama, and he's now back uh, abroad playing in MLS. Anyways, uh, a quick. Uh, history of Alex Hunter. It's a new mode, Dwayne, that's called The Journey that was starting last year. And it's one of those modes where it's using the RPG, create like a role-playing game type of in a sports game like NBA 2K and other iteration I've been doing for years. It's the second iteration of The Journey. Last year, you had the chance to choose your Premier League team and make Hunter from an Academy product to a Premier League superstar. This year, after you won the FA Cup and the league title in your first year, in my case it was, of course, with Chelsea, and this year you are starting the game, the journey, with the training camp, and you have to perform well, and eventually your your agent comes and see you, and that's very, like, a, uh, it's... We've seen this happen in real life. So just ask Joey Barton and other players like this. So the agent comes and sees your player. I'm like, yeah, uh, Real Madrid wants you. I've been in contact with a man who's working for Real Madrid, and they want you. They want you to sign. So let's go see the technical director of Chelsea and tell him you want to be transferred. Yeah, let's put in a transfer request. Yeah, that's going to go over well. So, of course, uh, what was bound to happen happens. He got had. It wasn't a real working man for Real Madrid. It was a fake one, and you got scammed, and you find yourself 12 hours before the transfer deadline with Chelsea not wanting you back or whichever team you chose because you handed in your transfer request and the manager wants you gone and you don't have a team to play for. And turns mm-hmm. out you have an estranged father, by the way, too, Dwayne, that's actually oh. working as a scout for the LA Galaxy and he calls you five minutes to midnight saying, son, how about you come play in the States? Good God. Okay. So that's the backstory. That's funny. That's the backstory. Uh, so you find... Spoilers, by the way. I forgot to say it earlier. But you find yourself now with the LA Galaxy and MLS and... Jesse Sardes is like uh, front and center in this thing too. But you have like Thierry Henry, Rio Ferdinand, big players talking about MLS and talking to Hunter in cinematic movie scenes saying, look, it's going to be different, but you're going to like it here. And then you play with the Galaxy. And that's as far as I've gone now. I'm in the September 30th in the game, so it's close to real life. And, you know, it's really not realistic because the Galaxy are, are making a run for the playoffs, which is not the case in real life. But in the game... It is quite enjoyable. It's fun. It makes MLS look a lot bigger, better than in the prior years. It it gives an emphasis on Major League Soccer. EA Sports is produced in Vancouver, by the way. The majority of the programming and uh, creation of the game is created in Vancouver. And you do have a sense this year that MLS and FIFA are, are working together to better the brand of MLS across the world to make this league bigger. And I, the feeling I had when I was playing all weekend was like, how much money did MLS send to EA Sports to say, you know what, make us a good? Yeah, look, and it's key. We've talked about this many times before that that FIFA, the game, is, is a gateway into the sport for a lot of a lot of people. Uh, I talked about. Um, will be my ex-brother-in-law uh, back in the day he uh 
that's how he got into it uh, during the NHL lockout in uh, 1994. They had nothing to nothing to do him and his buddies, so they they had FIFA in the house and they each picked one of the big teams. Uh, one picked Liverpool, one picked Chelsea, one picked United, and one picked uh, um, who am I missing? Arsenal. And uh, they, uh, you know, they to this day, at least as far as the last time I talked to Scott, he was well, he was a massive United fan because he picked United, and that all started with them playing FIFA, and, and this will only only help in that regards there, which is why. Paul Byrne, if you're listening, get on the phone. Start harassing them already. You need the Canadian Premier League in this league in this game when it starts. Eventually, um, I wouldn't be surprised if the USL makes it in, uh, just because of usually you have uh, the the big leagues in the world. And when you talk about the top four leagues, like League One in France, you have Ligue 1, but you have Ligue 2. Like you have yeah. in England, you have like the Premier League, the Championship. League one and League two, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Blue Conference eventually comes in. So you do have a lot of uh, different leagues from the same countries in the game. So I wouldn't be surprised eventually USL in is, is in, and I wouldn't be surprised uh, if Canadian Premier League eventually makes it in. Just the fact that Canada's in now, last few years, uh, has been quite fun. Uh, always chose for my be a pro career, for for my personal player career, I always choose Canada, and now you can actually qualify Canada with the World Cup with your player which I have and actually won the World Cup with my player. How unrealistic is that? But makes for fun entertainment. Well, that is what video games are ultimately for. I always uh, will do something similar like this when I buy uh, buy the new uh, new football manager. And, uh, well, it comes out later this month, actually. So uh, we'll, we'll do that with uh, football manager uh, 19. Um, yeah, Kevin, it, uh, fun times. And uh, it sounds like it's a, it's a worthwhile uh, purchase for any, any big big gamer that's out there and there are a lot of them but we should probably get back to the real game now i want to take a break come back for a canadian review you are listening to soccer today follow us on twitter at soccer today spn and like our facebook page facebook.com forward slash sports podcasting network You can find the podcast version of all the shows we do on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Google Play Store, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you get your podcast. And we're back on soccer today. Dwayne Rollins with myself, Kevin Laramie. Dwayne, Canadian team, Toronto FC, 2017 Supporter Shields winner. Yeah, that happened. A 4-2 win over the New York Red Bulls at BMO Field. They had a 2-0 lead that they that they blew, and it became 2-2. And that's really, I think, where if you're going to talk with concerns. And since there was this whole battle on Twitter yesterday about from being driven by Vancouver people that was suggesting that uh, that we here in Toronto are too fawning in our in our reporting of, of, of Toronto FC. So I'm going to start by talking negatives in the day they won the Supporter Shield. E, ugh. Anyway. Um, yeah, it's uh, a little concerning the amount of goals they've been allowing lately. Uh, they had really tightened it up for most of the season. Were amongst the top teams in goals allowed. They have, you know, two. They've allowed more than one goal in um, what is it now? Four straight games. So uh, that's something to worry about a little bit. Uh, I think that um, I don't know quite what's what the problem is in this particular regards, but that's certainly something you don't want to see happen in the playoffs, particularly at home. But that said, Kevin, Saturday was not about worrying about details like that. The, the rest of the run-in is to get things right. Saturday was about celebrating 11 years, a celebration 11 years waiting. It was about 
uh, the joy of being there to see them win something like that, uh, you know, to hear the roar. If you watch the highlights and you see Josie's goal in, or sorry, Morris' goal, Josie created it. Which uh, one? Which one of the third? Patrick goal in the stoppage time, the roar in that stadium when, you know, it's done, we realize they're going to win the Shield. Um, Even though you knew for the last month that they probably were going to win the Shield, it's still, there was something pure there about that. And anyone who looks at that and expects people to be negative or people to not be like fawning, quote unquote, when they win a championship, come on, man, keep your head a shake. This, it doesn't matter if you, you know, well, from my perspective, I've never hidden the fact that I covered this team from a fan perspective. From the day one, I've done that. That's not, my gig is not to be straight or down the middle. But for a guy like John Molinaro, all he said was bravo in his report. And somehow he's getting labeled by particular people in Vancouver as being unprofessional. And if you know John, that's the most ridiculous statement ever. I, it makes, it got my blood boiling yesterday of this. It's like, what? Just because we're Toronto, we're not supposed to have fun and enjoy ourselves when we actually win. Come on, that's not Toronto arrogance. That's just human. But anyway, that's yeah. enough of that. But uh, uh, it's called jealousy. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's, like I said, they can taste the salt from here in the, in the tweets. But um, I, you wonder why too, because oh, they're having a pretty decent season now. There, top of the West. Are, are they still top of the West? I don't have their standings in front of me right now. But they, uh, oh yeah, they, I don't uh, believe. Let me look. But uh, let me just get it here. Give me a second. Yeah. It's Talk. look in terms of the game. Like I said. Uh, Toronto came out, New York has always played Toronto pretty tough, and, and they did on the day. Uh, as I said a moment ago, the two goals against are concerning, but what wasn't concerning was the way that they responded. And, you know, I mentioned that they've allowed two goals or more in their last four games. They've also scored multiple goals a lot in the last month. So if they can continue to overpower in that regards, it's not going to matter how many they allow, but... But you want to, you know, we, go, we look back to 2015 with TFC or, you know, there's other clubs uh, around the world that have had similar situations. You, uh, NYCFC last year as well, you could put into this what they score a lot, but they allow a lot. That doesn't necessarily translate well in the playoffs. So you want to get that. I, I think if you're looking at the rest of the season for TFC, what's important for them. Um, they should rest their their star players, yes, but I think they shouldn't rest their back line. They shouldn't rest their core defensive pieces because I think they do need to get on the same wavelength heading into the playoffs, uh, you know, to fight for those clean sheets. Yeah, and by the way, Vancouver is still first in the Western Conference with their win on the road to Kansas City, now having a four-point gap between the first and second spot, but they have a game in hand against Portland as well, but Kansas City has one game in hand versus the Whitecaps. Uh, but just to finish off with Toronto, now, uh, hopefully Giovinco is back soon. Altador is back and performed well on the weekend. We have Bradley that's performing well lately as well with Morrow on fire, three goal. Uh, Morrow, the only player to have won the Shield before with uh, San Jose in 2012, now wins it with Toronto in 2017. The remaining two games, you have a two-week break, then you have the now important game against Montreal where the shield will be presented to the fans and uh, you will have a guard of honor of the Montreal Impact to welcome Toronto FC's player on the pitch and uh, that's going to be uh, tough uh, to watch in two weeks. I don't know if they'll actually do the honor guard because that's it's not a, <laughs> a tradition over here but uh, it would be kind of funny if they did. Uh, yeah, I suspect that the traveling support for uh, Montreal might be a little lower than normal. Uh, for that one, and you can understand that. I, I certainly don't think there would be many people in Toronto going to Montreal if the opposite were at play. 
Uh, that lot final game was against Atlanta. You you talked about it the um, the other day. Is how do you approach that uh, if you're looking at that? And we were talking before the game with a few people, and it's well, a quote. I'll give you an anonymous quote from a fan. Atlanta scares the hell out of me. Is what that quote was. It's uh, Atlanta is the one team that no one wants any part of in this playoff. Uh, they could be the team that that upsets. So we'll see in that final week how you approach it. Like, do you? not yeah. play your normal style for a week is that the right thing to do because you're going to have a, another week off and then you're going to start your playoff against uh you know it'll probably be or you know right now it doesn't look like it would be in atlanta because atlanta would probably be paying playing nycfc in that playoff if you assume that they win uh the, if it goes chalk the, yeah you're assuming if it goes chalk and it would be like a chicago yeah for it, chicago or columbus i would suspect but yeah, yeah that 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 would be uh columbus series would be fun i think they're as much as the the rivalry that was peaked in the last part of the last decade is, is not quite the same, doesn't run as hot anymore. There's still a little something there, and and you can make that trip. So I think that would be a fun, a fun little uh, playoff series. I'm kind of looking forward to that one. Uh, you know, you could obviously try, travel to Chicago as well, uh, which is a better trip. Uh, no yeah. <laughs> a lot more things to see. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy that this year's All Star Game was in Chicago, and, and not in Columbus. Speaking of All Star Game, you actually played you know, against the ML, against MLS in your last training camp with your Premier League club, uh, the Journey and FIFA. Just so that it's kind of fun because you play against uh, Bradley, Javinko, Piatti, uh, and it's kind of fun. But anyways, uh, back to the Eastern Conference. So before we talk about uh, Vancouver and their great performance, let's talk a bit about Montreal and how we haven't addressed this last week, but there's been a, a serious rumor now that the entire technical staff of the Montreal back have been told they won't be back next year. And it's multiple sources that mention it. And apparently they've been told to continue to finish this year. And uh, if you want to have good references for the future, but this is all speculation and rumors, but uh, mixed with everything we heard over the last few years, uh, weeks, and the call to Nesta, and the rumor is there too. It's not going well for Montreal and on the road against Colorado. A 2-1 defeat. One of the craziest game I have ever seen with serious injuries, red cards on both sides, video review, everything you could possibly not want in the game, you had it in this one. Penalties, yeah. uh, everything. Tragic number is one. Um, yep. two, <laughs> you're right. No, just Red Bulls one point, done. Well, yeah, two, well so... two, no, you're right, two. Or just not a win for Montreal. And the way they're going, I, I don't see Montreal winning in Toronto in two weeks. And they need to beat Toronto and then to beat New England at home and pray for multiple results to go their way. And in the words of Laurent Simon after the game on Saturday night in Colorado in Commerce City, well, doesn't look like we deserve to be in the playoffs, does it? No, I mean, it, it doesn't. And uh, it all started unraveling with the 3-1 loss to Toronto at home after the four games in a row that they'd won. And they have never really got it back on pace. I'm not too sure why. It's hard to really put a single... Put, I, I think well, you had that blip. You had, the, you had there, that 5-3 blip, though, against Toronto a few weeks after in Toronto, too. Uh, they lost at home. That was a terrible one. But they, they got that win in Toronto that gave maybe a, a false hope or false sentiment that, oh, look, this team... It, it clearly overachieved on the 5-3 night in Toronto. I think they match up well with TFC. That's that's ultimately what I've always thought. Just their stylistically, the way that they, way TFC likes to play. Montreal has unique pieces that makes it very difficult on that style. And, and I think Greg Vanny's a little stubborn sometimes with trying to always play the same way and a little slow to react to change. Once he did make changes in that game, you know, it was too late. 
but Toronto started to uh, to sort of come into its own and obviously got the two late goals. So, so yeah, I, I think it might be, um, you know, what's that, styles make fights, you say? So I think that's kind of maybe where that's coming from, which is why Atlanta scares us too, because Atlanta plays very similar. And uh, that's that's certainly why they, they seem like a team that might be able to upset Toronto in, the, in a two-game set. But, but in terms of getting back to Montreal, you know, there's not one single thing wrong with the team. Um, they have good pieces, as we know. Maybe, as you said a couple weeks ago, maybe I don't think it's a technical staff. I, I think it's they need they need a better core of of grunts, and I think that they just need some guys that can play some sandpaper in there, that can tighten things up, that can last and know how to last through an entire MLS season. Um, they do need to get a little bit younger, and I think they've started that process, you know, with Piat coming in and. Or, uh, and so on and so forth. Yeah, yeah so, the, the the rise of Balu this year, and we've seen other players, a younger player has been involved as well. Uh, but uh, yeah, it does need more grunt, like you mentioned, like uh, the famous MLS lifers, or as well a a mix of the more depth. But as well, I think the we all know and been talking about this, and it started on this show a few weeks ago, where scouts talking about uh, personnel behind the scene, personnel uh, like. Player evaluation type of personnel needed for the Montreal Impact. Yeah, you mentioned that the, the rumors of the entire technical staff would be would be gone. I, I'm assuming that Patrice Bernier's, uh, you know, move move into uh, academy coaching will not be affected by that. Correct. Oh, first I I imagine that was been uh, October 22nd. By the way, it will be uh, dedicated to Patrice Bernier uh, before the game, during the game, after the game. There'll be celebration and celebrating Patrice Bernier's career. It's obviously his last game as a Montreal Impact player in his career if he continues with the announcement he made before the beginning of the season that this will be his last season. And all signs point to yes. So October 22nd will be a celebration versus New England of Patrice Bernier's career. And yes, at that point, it was said he will start a coaching career with the academy. So we weren't told and I don't, I haven't had any information or haven't noticed anything that would tell me otherwise for now, but Patrice Bernier uh, technically should start his coaching career with the academy, or who knows, if everybody gets fired, maybe he's going to start a little higher on that pyramid. We'll see next year. I know the relationship isn't great, but uh, if they're bringing Nesta in to take over from Biello, I think that they're bringing in the wrong former associate of the program uh, in terms of your coaching rank. So if you follow um, MDS, would be my choice there if yeah. they could get past that because he's continue to be successful wherever he goes and i think the fact that you everybody's looking at miami fc and, and their success and oh nesta's doing great as a coach since 2015 i always put a caveat to that because of the nature of miami fc versus the league they play in and yes the the cosmos were a high opponent with, with a lot of money as well that had a, a higher roster Uh, in terms of skills and talent and a deeper one than the rest of the league. But now Miami is that team. Miami has been that team for the last few years. And with the money they put in that roster, with the players they do have, just Poku and the players we've seen before at higher levels playing for the Miami FC in the NASL, I think the record of Alessandro Nesta as a coach is a little bit biased because of that. It's a little bit skewed because of this. And even when you break down that record, it's not that shining. It's just a little bit over 50% winning percentage. In a league like an ASL, and with the money that he does have, I don't necessarily see that many that, that much amount of success. It hasn't resulted in trophies and stuff. So, 
I, I'm kind of taking this with a grain of salt and for the benefit of the long run of the Montreal Impact as a club, as an entity, and as a football project, I think it would be the wrong choice too. If you look at the financial advantage that the, the Miami FC has over the rest of the NESL and compare it to the financial advantage that TFC has over the rest of Major League Soccer, the gap is greater in, in Miami's case. So if you're one of those people that likes to dismiss the success of TFC based on the fact that they can just outspend, and certainly that plays a role, I just don't think that anyone should care about that because that's how football works. But nonetheless, um, if you do believe that and believe that that you know, takes away from Greg Vanny's accomplishments or any of these players' accomplishments around around the stars, then you also have to look at Miami and say the same thing because, as I said, their financial advantage is greater than... I mean, TFC is not playing... You know, they, they're pretty wealthy, for sure. But the, no one in Major League Soccer, even the poorest of the clubs, are like Edmonton or, you know, San Francisco that are scraping by to, you know, paycheck to paycheck, right? Like, that doesn't exist. So it, it really is a, a massive financial advantage for them. So um, I don't know whether Nesta is, is ultimately, I just don't think that we have enough enough of a sample to truly know how good of a coach he might be. I'm not going to dismiss him out of hand, but but I don't necessarily think that, that it's obvious that he would be the best choice. Uh, he is certainly the flashiest choice. Uh, he does have the history with the club, so you, you like that. Uh, he is Italian, which... We know Joey likes, and uh, obviously, uh, you know, a longtime member of the Italian national team, so you've got a bit of a star power there, too. So, look, uh, I don't like firing coaches, and we just talked about this a couple weeks ago when they gave him the vote of confidence. So if this is true, I I don't know what to say to that. I, I disagree with it is what I'll say. Yeah, and it's all about who you put to, right? Because, well, let's just speculate at the biggest level of the game. Carlo Ancelotti is available. So, you know, if you... I'm just using that name for uh, expressing how my theory goes. If you bring in Carlo Ancelotti, you're all forgiven. Everybody understands why you made that move. So if you get a coach at that level that's regarded, maybe not at that level, but your own version of a Tata Martino, if you bring that coach in, we can understand why you put the clean sweep Looking at everything, I think there's, yeah, if you do a clean sweep, you can't really dismiss why with the result of this season. And uh, you didn't have success, though, last year. So you, you kind of have to maybe direct that uh, that broom, not necessarily on the coaching staff, maybe some parts of it. But I think front office, a little higher upstairs, somewhere where the choice of the player personnel, those choices need to be accountable. So wherever those choices were made, if it's an NDS's office, is it Adam Braz's office, is it Joey Sabuto's office, it doesn't matter where. Where those decisions were made and the lack of death that was created because of those decisions in last offseason and this year, I think that's where that broom should be aimed. Yeah, Braz was always a strange a strange uh, appointment anyway in my mind so that that would be maybe where if I was going to accept uh, someone being let go it might be him because as I said I think that player personnel is really the biggest issue on this club but at any rate uh, we should talk about the Whitecaps obviously with the big win in Kansas City and that's an impressive win because Kansas City is is not an easy place to go um they are a very strong team they are a team that in many ways uh are among the contenders uh, in the West. So Vancouver going down there and showing that they can 
get the result there should give their fans hope that they can get to an MLS final. And, and obviously a lot of them would, would relish the opportunity to spoil TFC season in that particular point. But, but that's getting ahead of ourselves. You know, the Whitecaps, as I said, they Montero is kind of coming to his own as a guy that can be a game breaker. They've, they've solidified things across the board and, and, and they're rolling at the right time. The, the three nil loss to Seattle, Suggests to me that the Sounders should be considered the favorite in the West, but the Whitecaps are right there with everyone else in what is essentially a wide open West. I mean, as much as, you know, you look at a 3-0 loss to Seattle and you think, okay, well, maybe the Sounders have Vancouver's number and that could be the case. Um, the Sounders could lose to anyone else too. There's just, there's, the truth is the West, there is no dominant team. There, there's about five teams that, that you can make an argument for. And Vancouver's among them. And that's really all you can hope for at this particular time. Yeah, and four points clear, top of the West. Three games remaining. One game in hand versus Portland. One game behind of Kansas City. But you do have a shot at getting that Western Conference trophy. Uh, of winning, well, there's not necessarily a trophy, but winning the regular season in the Western Conference. Putting yourself in a situation where you have a bye in the first round of the playoffs. So you have a better situation that you ever had. And especially... You have home field advantage up until the MLS Cup, which would be, if it goes jock, Toronto-Vancouver. How spectacular would that be? Yeah, it'd be something, for sure. Uh, Vancouver has not traditionally done well in Toronto. Um, yeah, getting ahead of ourselves too much there. I, I think it's, uh, it's time to, to sort of focus on the run-in there and, and not to start speculating in MLS Cup final of. Uh, matchups but certainly that does have a lot of people wondering it you know as we, we joke before and it, it is kind of one of those jokes it's not a joke it'd be kind of funny to watch mls scramble to market it in the states so uh that that would amuse me hey, <laughs> to go full circle at least i'll have an office in toronto at last hallelujah uh for that and it would be look that type of matchup and again i don't want to get ahead of ourselves too much but but it would be really good for Canadian soccer, and, and it would really help grow the profile of the game even more. I think Toronto's run last year did a lot in that regards in terms of how we've seen the, the league covered this year. Um, you know, people, if we want to go completely full circle again, I think a lot of the complaints outside of TFC fans is that the focus has been on TFC because they did that run. But my argument back on that is it's not like they're not without merit, right? Like, this is... You know, they we made the MLS Cup final. They have won the Supporters' Shield. This is a damn good team. And the reason they're getting as much attention as they are is the same reason that you're going to see the Edmonton Oilers on Hockey Night in Canada a lot this summer, this winter, right? They're, they're an exciting young team. And in Edmonton's case, they're just an exciting good team in TFC's case. So that's that's why you're getting that attention. And I get, you know, the, the instinct to feel that, you know, the media hates your team is not unique to the Whitecaps or to the impact or to TFC fans or to any fans that it's, it's just a fan thing. That's uh, not usually necessarily true. It's just sort of perception is reality in your mind. All right, Kevin, um, any other thoughts on the weekend? Uh, yeah, just, just two sober thoughts before we say goodbye to everyone. First of all, everybody in Las Vegas, we're, we're with you and we're, we're terribly sorry for the event of last night, but uh, more to the soccer related world, uh, Barcelona, everybody in Barcelona, stay safe. Uh, we heard you. We've seen it, and Barcelona. See, seeing Barcelona as a team play in front of a nobody, in front of a closed stadium because of the events of Sunday. Well, yeah, th there's sometimes more important things than just soccer. Fair enough. Uh, 
some tax in Edmonton too. So uh, yeah, yeah, the world moves on. But um, hopefully we can distract ourselves with some football. We didn't even talk about Manchester City over Chelsea. I'm yeah. gonna let that slide though. Yeah, and, one nothing City at the bridge. Yeah, well I'll let it slide too. Okay. Title's right, over so. for Chelsea. Chelsea's not winning the title this year. City looks pretty damn good. Final score in, in October was a 27 to 1 for City. Yeah, in September. Well, in yeah. Cumulative crazy. opponents. All right. Say goodbye. Until tomorrow, as always, you can follow Dwayne on Twitter at 24th Minute and myself at Kev Laramie. And have a great soccer. You can find the podcast version of all the shows we do on iTunes, Apple Podcast, Google Play Store, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you get your podcast. <laughs>